to Between the Times, a podcast of Christchurch Presbyterian in Charleston, South Carolina. This is episode 92, and we are here today with uh, Pastor John Payne and Reverend Michael Bauer. Um, we are, at this time of the year, we are very close to the Christmas season, and most people tend to use the Christmas season as their time of being most charitable. Uh, typically, this is usually... Ah, humbug. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and most people. Most people. Right. Most people, except for John. Most people. <laughs> most people use this time to be quite charitable. This is usually where we, you, you see many uh, hosting soup kitchens and uh, giving Operation Christmas Child, and you'll see things like that going on. And oftentimes, what this brings up to the Christian is... How should a Christian think about the works that they do? What uh, What is the Christian's view on charity? And probably a more specific uh, theological language, we can ask the question, what is the nature of good works for the Christian? Should the Christian do good works because they're trying to earn their salvation? Should a Christian do their work because they're trying to keep their salvation? Or is there a more fundamental basic way to understand uh, good works that is grounded upon both what the Apostle Paul, James, mm -hmm. and Peter said. Now, fortunately, uh, the Confession of Faith, the Westminster Confession, has a very lengthy chapter on this, chapter 16 of good works. If you have the time to go through this, this is seven paragraphs on good works. And if you Think back to the historical context of this, uh, of the entire confession. There are numerous misinterpretations and misunderstanding of how the Christian should do good works and what good works mean for the Christian. So this is a lengthy section that's meant to clarify some of those things. But what I thought it would be good for us to discuss among ourselves would basically be the second paragraph of this chapter. So chapter 16 of Good Works, I'll start with paragraph one because there's two sentences. Uh, paragraph one says, Good works are only such as God hath commanded in his holy word, and not such as, without the warrant thereof, are devised by men out of blind zeal or upon any pretense of good intention. That's the first paragraph as kind of the introduction. But we're going to focus more on the second paragraph, which says, These good works done in obedience to God's commandments are the fruits and evidences of a true and lively faith. And by them, believers manifest their thankfulness, strengthen their assurance, edify their brethren, adorn the profession of the gospel, stop the mouths of the adversaries and glorify God whose workmanship they are created in Christ Jesus thereunto that having their fruit unto holiness they may have the end eternal life so many clauses and <laughs> so much nuanced language that's there but I think what's very useful about this is that it gives you both what good works are not type of statements mm. and what good works are. Mm. So this is one of the, <laughs> the biggest uh, challenges to true uh, religion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, every 
religion in the world, except for Christianity, claims that we are saved, at least in part, by good works. You know, we must be fair. A lot of religions will say that God does contribute something, but there is always a partnership with God. It's, it's God's works, whatever God you may be referring to, plus my works equals some kind of salvation, whatever salvation may be for that particular religion. Uh, it, every religion in the world is like a ladder where you are working your way up to God, doing good works to work your way up to God and right. uh, into, his, um, into His presence. Christianity is God uh, coming down to us. And it's a great time of year to be remembering yeah. this as, mm-hmm. as Christ came down. Uh, mm-hmm. to be born of a virgin to save us and so so whereas a lot of religions conceive of themselves even as they relate to one another as a mountain where all the paths are leading up to mm-hmm. God and they would agree that all these different pathways different religions lead to God um, we reject that mm-hmm. we as Christians we reject that mm-hmm. and we see that God has come down the mountain to us uh, to save us who are in the valley of sin and who need a savior. And so when we think of good works, a lot of people will say uh, or they'll think conceptually about good works as I'm doing good things in order to to make myself acceptable to God, to be able to have a place in heaven, right? Mm But what they don't understand is that our good works, apart from faith in Christ, are bad good works. Mm-hmm. We must understand good works as bad good works uh, if we're going to understand good works biblically. Okay, mm-hmm. Apart from faith in Christ, our good works are bad good works. Mm-hmm. And the only time that our good works are good good works is when we do them through faith in Jesus Christ. Those works right. still don't save us. Of course. Okay, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But one thing I wanted to talk of, about, first of all, was just this idea in the Westminster uh, Catechism that says, uh, confession rather, paragraph two, these good works done in obedience to God's commandments are the fruits and evidences of a true and lively faith. Correct. So there must be, by God's grace, true and lively faith in order to do what I call good, good works. And Ursinus, actually, in his commentary on the Heidelberg Catechism, has a wonderful paragraph sort of unpacking this. And I just wanted to read this, um, and we can comment on it, or, or we can, we can move, certainly move on in this uh, definition. Ursinus writes, That a work may be good, it must proceed from a true faith, which rests upon the merit and intercession of Christ and from which we may know that we, together with our works, are acceptable to God for the sake of the mediator. It's a wonderful sentence. Brings a lot of clarity. He goes on, To do anything from a true faith is, one, to believe that we are acceptable to God for the sake of the satisfaction of Christ. In other words, we're not made acceptable to God for any other reason except for the work of Christ on our behalf. Secondly, that our obedience itself is pleasing to God, both because it is commanded by him and because the imperfection which attaches itself to it 
is made acceptable to God for the sake of the same satisfaction of Christ on account of which God is pleased with us. That's a glorious statement. So our good works are only made good because Christ has made them good. It's kind of like... I heard an illustration many years ago where the, 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 the child, to show love to his mother, goes and grabs um, a bunch of dandelions and weeds mm-hmm. from the yard and brings them and puts them in a vase and, and puts them there for his mom. And before the mom saw it, uh, the dad went and got a bunch of beautiful roses and, uh, and, and other kinds of, of you know, angel's breath and all the other things that go in. And, and made this beautiful bouquet. Mm-hmm. And and so when the mother came to see them, she saw this beautiful bouquet. And that's what the Lord does with our good works. Mm-hmm. Our good works are not good in and of themselves because mm-hmm. we've done them, but because we've done them through faith in Christ. Isn't that glorious? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he says, he goes on to say, without faith, it is impossible for anyone to please God. Right. That's just quoting scripture, right? Mm-hmm. Nor is the faith by which anyone may assure himself that God wills and commands any particular work sufficient. For if this were all that is necessary, then the wicked who know and do what God wills would also act from faith. To act from a true faith, however, includes much more than this, because it includes in itself historical faith. And what is the utmost important uh, is the most important of all? It applies unto itself the promise of the gospel. Mm-hmm. The scriptures speak of this true faith in the following references: Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Mm-hmm. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Yeah. Romans fourteen twenty three and Hebrews eleven six. And so th- these are hugely fundamental um, uh, statements about how to understand good works as a Christian. I think it's worth repeating what has already been stated here is, if it is true what the scriptures state is that whatever is not of faith is sin. That means your works cannot be good unless faith already exists there. And that's what the confession is driving home here. The good works are not the root of your tree, so to speak. It is the fruit. It is the evidence. Because in order for them to be good, there must be faith, uh, saving faith, already present uh, there. And that's not some kind of a random, arbitrary faith. People talk Mm -hmm. about faith all the time in these ways. Mm -hmm. Faith is laying hold of Christ. Mm -hmm. That's That's true faith. Mm -hmm. It's laying hold of Christ. Faith apart from laying hold of Christ is not true faith. It's... Mm -hmm. It's false faith, it's, it's, yeah. it's temporary faith, it's faith in something that will not save you. Right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. So now we can take that and kind of walk through how the Westminster Confession speaks about the place of good works. Starting from the fact that it's the evidence and fruit of faith, we can speak about what they mean for the believers. And so paragraph two says, these good works done in obedience to God's commandments are the fruits and evidences of a true and lively faith. And by them, believers manifest their thankfulness. Mm -hmm. That's the first major uh, statement that comes out from here. And this is something that, you know, Pastor John has talked about quite often with the Heidelberg Catechism. You have that pattern of, you have the guilt of your sin that you're aware of. You have the grace of God appearing to you unmerited, and therefore your life is lived out of gratitude. And that means what a good work is meant to do is to manifest and demonstrate in a very uh, practical way how thankful the believer is for being given the faith that is required to do a good work by being given grace 
to pardon sin, to pardon their sins and their iniquities. And so all of those things are meant to be a matter of thankfulness for the believer. And that's why believers do good works. You're not trying to merit or keep yourself in God's favor. You are showing how grateful you are for being part of God's people. Mm. Yeah, it's really important when thinking about motivators unto mm -hmm. good works. Mm -hmm. uh, because when you get to the motivation level of, of the heart uh, and, and the will, there is where you're, you're really answering questions about what you really believe about salvation. Mm -hmm. Because if at the motivation level you are doing good works to gain acceptance with God because you feel insecure that maybe he doesn't love you, maybe he doesn't accept you. And mm -hmm. so you're motivated, your deepest and primary motivation is to, to get in good with God, as it were. Mm -hmm. You've totally missed it, mm -hmm. right? And here we're dealing with like the, the, the central misunderstandings of the Christian faith, right? Mm -hmm. the, the greatest misunderstandings of the Christian faith, I mean, you could talk about people misunderstanding you know, the Trinity or the, uh, the, the, the two natures of Christ, the, these mm -hmm. kinds of things. And, and that's true. Those are, those are huge heresies and they could really throw you off, obviously. But I think in my experience and in my reading and in my interaction with people, the biggest mistake that professing believers make is this one, mm -hmm. thinking that their good works are getting them in good with God. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about the motivation level, what is the, what is the primary motivation for a Christian to do good works, mm -hmm. it must be thankfulness. Mm -hmm. It must be thankfulness. I'm not doing them because I think I'm getting in good with God. I'm doing them because I'm thankful that I'm already in Him That's by right. grace through faith. Yeah. I think to kind of follow up with uh, that point, I, I think about this, even th I think about this in practical sense with even working a job, that you have two types of employees, one who uh, in some sense, despises their boss <laughs> or doesn't really, really like the job, doesn't really care versus someone who is happy to be employed. There's a mountain of a difference between the type of work that the former will do, who is there just in a begrudging way versus one who is essentially there out of pure gratitude. And this is something that Paul brings up in uh, the epistles where he addresses masters, slaves, and etc. Right. And he speaks very clearly that the reason you should work hard is because you know that you're working for the Lord. Right. That thankfulness is what's going to motivate you to do well, even when you are have a master who's unreasonable, as yeah. uh, as the epistles would speak about it. And so it's the same in my mind. The same uh, analogy applies there. If you perceive as kind of some of the parents would say, if you perceive that God is a harsh taskmaster, that you're a hard man, so to speak, then yeah. you know you're going to drag your feet. You know you're going to do good works only to the level that you feel is good enough, basically, mm -hmm. versus the one who is genuinely grateful. You extend yourself beyond what you would mm -hmm. normally want to do. That's right. So with thankfulness or, or gratefulness being the chief motivator, we understand there are other things as well that we think about in relation to good works. Um, and so believers manifest their thankfulness mm -hmm. uh, but through good works, but also strengthen their assurance. Mm -hmm. Their assurance of faith yeah. is what's mm -hmm. being spoken of here. And, of course, we've just covered this uh, recently, right? Mm -hmm. um, and not only in a series on 
Second Peter um, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. our evening services, but but also uh, a recent sermon that I preached on worship and the assurance of faith, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, we we thought about uh, right this this doctrine and how many people think that assurance is based in our feelings mm-hmm. or based in good works and our assurance is first and foremost uh, grounded upon the person and finished work of Jesus Christ but there are what are called evidences mm-hmm. um, that strengthen our assurance it doesn't strengthen God's assurance that we are his mm-hmm. but strengthens our assurance that we are his and that's important in the Christian life and so uh, we see there from second Peter um, 1 5 through 10 or yeah second Peter 1 5 through 10 and beside this giving all diligence add to your faith virtue and virtue to virtue knowledge and to knowledge uh, temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity for if these things be in you and abound they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ but he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see far off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, giving diligence to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. And so there is what we understand to be this, this uh, assurance that grows as there are evidences in our lives that we are performing good works because we are Christ's, because we are His. And uh, we, we understand we're saved by grace through faith alone, but mm-hmm. faith is never alone, as yep. Luther used to say. There are always the evidences of good works. And that those good works may be 30, 60, 100-fold. They may, they may be small. They may be large. In fact, as we look at the ebbs and flows of the Christian life, sometimes they're going to be greater than others. That's right. We don't base our salvation on that. Yeah. But we must say, as the Bible does, that when we when we live in this way, this way that's filled with virtue and love and knowledge and, and these things, that that those evidences manifesting themselves in our lives through our faith, it, yeah. it builds up our assurance of faith that mm-hmm. we are the Lord's, right? Amen. That's right. Yeah, and uh, John in his first epistle says much the same thing. Uh, second chapter, verse 3, By this we know that we have come to know Christ mm-hmm. if we keep his commandments. Uh, John is pastorally concerned for his uh, little children that he's writing to. Mm. And all throughout this letter, he is reminding them that they are indeed uh, true believers because they do keep Christ's commandments. And he's uh, warning them as well to, to beware of those false teachers who claim that they keep Christ's commandments, but actually live lives of sin mm-hmm. and live lives that do not accord with, with the, the commandments of God. And so John... Um, is reminding us that this is how we can be assured of our salvation is are, are you doing good works are you doing the things that God requires of you are you obeying his word are you yes. walking in a way um, in which Christ walked uh, yes that's that's what we must do amen and what are some other things that uh, good works do they, they edify the brethren mm-hmm. they uh, edify uh, What's that saying? Uh, God doesn't need your good works; your your neighbor does. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and if we could yeah. apply that here, God doesn't need your good works; your brothers and sisters in Christ do. Exactly. And, and so, um, uh, it is truly for the sake of the edification of of the church that we do mm-hmm. good works. Also, uh, the next phrase here says, "Adorn the profession of the gospel." Good works adorn 
our profession of the gospel. And this is probably a concern that this is what comes out the most when this topic is discussed, that you always hear a uh, critique of the Christian churches. <laughs> you know, I would listen more to what you have to say if you lived in a way that reflects that. And yeah, we know that often that's used as an excuse, but there's also truth to that reality is that if you see Christians or even a local church in which the essential uh, attitude of the church is that we are for ourselves and not for anything else around us or we basically have a cold heart towards our neighbors and those around us, then what we're effectively saying is that this is what Christ is like <laughs> to those unbelieving people. And I love the way that the word is used here. It adorns the profession. You think of adorning something, you're beautifying and reflecting it. You're making it appear attractive <laughs> to yeah. those around you. And you think about where good works fit. Again, it's not earning or keeping yourself in something, but it does beautify the Christian. And yeah. that's one of the beauties of why the Christian should be zealous for good works is because it actually makes the entire profession of the gospel attractive to the looking world. Amen. Who, who doesn't like to walk into uh, a room this time of year where that's there right. are twinkly lights and Christmas decorations mm -hmm. and it's so beautiful. And mm -hmm. that's one of the kind of the sad things about when the season is over, all those things are taken down and everything yeah. looks normal again. But uh, think about the Christmas tree. Uh, when you first put it up in the stand, it's just, it's just a tree and it's adorned with nothing. Mm -hmm. But then you begin to string it with lights and you put all the beautiful ornaments on it. And mm -hmm. that's like uh, the, the good works in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, our, our lives become adorned mm -hmm. with good works. So then the one ornament goes on, um, uh, helping your neighbor with something. Another, another ornament gets put on, you're, uh, you're having family worship. Another ornament gets put on, you're, mm -hmm. you're kind to your wife. Mm -hmm. uh, another ornament gets put on, you... Um, you go to church, another ornament gets put on, you, you, you uh, pay for a friend's lunch at work and you, you encourage him. So, and, and we could just go on and on with various good works. And then all of a sudden your life is, is, is adorned with these good works, the fruit of the gospel. And you don't take credit for them because you would never do them apart from exactly. God's grace. Next, uh, next phrase is interesting. Uh, one of the things that good works, uh, they, what they do is that they can stop the mouths of the adversaries. Now, <laughs> this is something that I don't face as much, I'm not a pastor, so I don't hear a lot of, I don't get a lot of angry emails from people. <laughs> Since I'm going to get yelled at from people. But... I'm going to forward them to you. <laughs> you can help me answer that. But I think what's interesting is you think of some Old Testament and New Testament references to this point where you have slander in various different ways towards the people of God. And you can think back all the way to Sam Ballad and going in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah. You can think of even how the Romans and Greeks viewed the early church where yes. all sorts of slanderous things about the Christians, sexual ethic and all sorts of things were given at that time. But if you just knew them, which was the argument of the apostles at those times, it's clear that they're not a, a morally corrupt people. These are people who love each other genuinely. So all the slander that surrounds them 
um, you can put them to rest by simply, as kind of says here, good works removes those sort of slanderous words from them or stops the mouths of those sort of people. Yeah, and and uh, it's important to say as well that if you have any complaints or problems with our <laughs> podcast, all complaints go to Dr. Gabriel Williams. So uh, you can you can contact the church and we'll give you his email address to Thanks. focus all complaints. Um, also, in addition to this, it says to glorify God. Um, right. It's kind of interesting that this is actually like way down the line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You wonder what the thinking was in the, in the order. In the order, yeah. Um, and, and, and glorify God. Uh, and then it goes on to say whose workmanship they are created in Christ Jesus thereunto, that having their fruit unto holiness, they may have the end, eternal life. And so uh, this is an allusion, isn't it, to um, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. We are Mm -hmm. God's workmanship Mm -hmm. created in Christ Jesus to do good works, for good works. Mm -hmm. And so this this brings us back to the... the, uh, you know the evidence uh, or manifestation of our 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 regeneration that we we do good works because we are in Christ. That's right. And um, and, and so uh, we have been created in Him. We are we have been brought into this new creation, as it were, spiritually, that we would do good works for good works and uh, to have this fruit unto holiness. Um, so that we may have this end eternal life. Now, without holiness, no one sees the Lord. Mm, now, that's not a statement that we should say, oh, we better get going on our holiness so we can see the Lord. It's not a, a works kind of you know, encouragement for good works to salvation. It's saying a fact. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. And how will you have true good works? Good, good works through faith in Christ, mm-hmm. um, whereby those things will be manifested. And so, uh, very, very well detailed, and that's just one paragraph. That's just one paragraph of a seven-paragraph chapter. And so, if you, if it's been a while since you've read through uh, chapter sixteen in the Confession on Good Works, I hardly recommend it. Uh, primarily because, as we kind of mentioned in the beginning, uh, there are many reasons why people seek to do good works. And oftentimes it's confused with zeal, confused with ignorance, and also just um, personal misunderstandings of the topic. But at the core, the reason that we do good works as we've started off here is because we have true and lively faith. It is Christ who has saved us. He has given us the grace of faith as chapter 14 discusses in more detail. And because we are in him, we are now his creation. We are, we are now his workmanship. And the works that we do are evidence that we are his workmanship. So as you you know, think of your time and Christmas this year in terms of the service and charity you do for others, just remember that your good works never earn your place before God. It doesn't keep your place in God whatsoever. Mm. But it is a beautiful way to adorn the profession of the gospel and demonstrate thankfulness to him amen so we thank you for joining us uh with between the times we hope that you will uh, hear us from us next time